0: Welcome to Real Talk, The Mental Side of Life, with me, your host, Jay Jones. We'll be sitting down with people just like myself that navigate the world of mental health. From the beginning, their current journeys, to where they are today, and to where they want to go. Conversations can and will probably be deep and personal. So as always, listen to the discretion is advised. And with that, let's get into some Real Talk. So, all right. Um, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to an episode of Real Talk, The Mental Side of Life. It has been quite some time. I've had some things going on in my personal life that I'll address in a, in a later episode um, that obviously relates to mental health, but I am back. I am very grateful to be here. Thank for everyone that's enjoyed the podcast up until this point. Listen to all the episodes. It's been really appreciated. And We're going to continue on this journey in mental health because it's so, so very important to each and every one of us in our lives. I'm very excited because this next guest of mine, I got reached out through kind of a fellow Athletic Brewing ambassador, uh, who put me in contact with this lovely individual that combined a similar interest in terms of exercise and mental health all together in this environment that we're in, and I, I've really enjoyed the work that they do over this organization, and I can't say enough about how the impact of exercises helped me and my own mental health. So without further ado, I want to introduce my next guest, uh, the founder and CEO of Still I Run, Sasha Wolf. Thank you for joining me.
1: Uh, Thanks for having me. I'm super excited to be here.
0: So, yeah, I I was a, just to kind of give you some disclaimer, I used to run quite a bit before going into powerlifting. Um, I couldn't tell you right now if I ran, it would end up in a very good scenario for me, but... um, but I know running has a lot of benefits, and I know one of the things that you have found in your own journey is it's had a great mental health benefit for you. And for my listeners that are maybe new to Still I Run, who you are, can you give a kind of a brief a brief background of who you are, um, how you got into running, and how Still I Run came to be.
1: Yeah. So um, let's see. I started running um, shortly after I was hospitalized for depression and anxiety. And to back up a little bit from there, I was hospitalized for depression and and anxiety for about a week back in 2011. Um, I had been diagnosed with depression about a decade prior. um, But because of that pesky stigma out there, I didn't really get any care for it. I took my regular medication, but I never like managed my medication. I never went to therapy. And eventually, I guess you could say my depression outgrew my medication. Um, And I found myself needing to check myself into a a mental health facility, which was extremely scary, but still one of the bravest things I've ever done in my life. And um, when I was hospitalized, they taught me how to, um, manage my illness. So medication and therapy. And then they also suggested that I start a healthy habit. Um, I wasn't sure what the healthy habit was going to be at the time. Uh, but my parents were runners. So I grew up with running in my family. I had a really cheap pair of like pink Walmart shoes. Um, and when I was released from the hospital, I decided to go out on like a little walk with my dog to see how that would go. Um, and I, I started feeling you know a little bit better just in terms of I accomplished something. I got outside, breathed in the fresh air, the serotonin was going on in my brain. And I was like, all right, there might be something to this like running for mental health thing. Um, and I eventually put the two together and I have not stopped running for my mental health since 2011. Um, but shortly after I made that connection, I wanted to connect with other people that ran for mental health. There's always um, great safety in numbers and in community, and in just connecting with others who are on a similar journey as you. So I looked for a group out there um, that ran for mental health and I I couldn't find anything. I looked on a citywide level, county level, state level, I went nationwide, I, I couldn't find anything. And I think it's just because, maybe the link between running and mental health or movement and mental health is so obvious that you would just assume someone already started something. Um, so I, I just decided to create something myself because I couldn't find anything. And I launched a, a Facebook page and a website I made with my story. Um, I got vulnerable about why I ran for mental health and that I had mental health struggles and it really resonated with people from there. I, it's just, wild to me that a Facebook page I started six years ago, uh, which was me just looking for other people that I ran for mental health turned into this nationwide nonprofit. I just, I I still look back and I'm like, how did I get here?
0: (laughs) (laughs) No. And I think that's also I think one of the things that you brought up was that you were looking for a group that basically kind of combined these two. But I think the beauty of that is like, now that I can't find this group, let me go ahead and make something. And now when people are in your same in that same position that you were in, they're like, this group actually exists.
1: Yep. Yeah, it's been really cool to see like people find us because they're looking for other mental health running warriors. But then also you've got the the group that has been running forever. And they guess they just never realized they were running for mental health. But when they see still I run they're like oh yeah I guess I do run for mental health purposes and then you have those individuals joining the community as well so it's really fun to see like newcomers to the sport but also people that have been in the sport for a while just like coming together for the collective reason of running for mental health and it's so great to see like it warms my heart every day to like get messages from the community or logging on to our Facebook page and I absolutely love it
0: <laughs> that's it's amazing I think I think the beauty of organizations like yours is that we we are looking at like different opportunities, different avenues that are finding ways to break the stigma of mental health because for so long and I've told my story many times that some of the things that we are deal with mental health, like we talk about depression and anxiety, I think I was I think I talked about for myself also have adjustment disorder, which is like I said, at the time I didn't know what that was, but it's very relevant to my own life. And I don't think people understand that until you explain that to them because that is the assumption is that, oh, well, they seem to be found on the outside, so I don't have to worry about anything. Whereas now, I think we're in 2022, and obviously COVID has kind of put uh, mental health towards the forefront for a lot of people. It's easier for people to start having these conversations more out in the open compared to years past. And I think the way that you're doing it was Still I Run is actually combining things that people love and using that as an avenue to not only bolster mental health, but also have those conversations as well, which I think is great.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I always like to say that Still I Run likes to talk about mental health through the lens of running. So it's not just straight mental health. Um, it's it's mental health and running. And for whatever reason, that makes people a little bit more comfortable talking about it i think it opens a few more doors and and makes people feel a little more vulnerable plus you know for if you've been on a long run with another individual like it's like a therapy session almost like people just bare their souls when they're running so it's like the perfect combination all around
0: <laughs> i think it's and i could say it is just i mean i've only run 5 ks but i can say it's a lot easier to be a lot more open when you don't have a lot in the tank at that point you're like I'm already, spilling out, I'm already spilling out a lot of energy now. It's okay to just tell you more about who I am and kind of what I go through.
1: Yeah, and it's like, you know, you're not looking directly at that person. They're, like, on the side of you, and you guys are suffering together and, like, chatting. I don't know. It's like a, a support group, a therapy session while you're on the move. It's just – it's an interesting concept.
0: So it and, – and I think the beauty – like I said, the beauty of, like, organizations like yours that – you you basically will tell people like, hey, it's okay to have mental health like illnesses or things that you have going on. But here are some of the ave- here's another avenue that maybe you already do, but you kind of combined the two. You're like, oh, this is okay. Well, now I have kind of like this community and these resources that are helping me out to kind of guide me along my own journey. And that's kind of wh- kind of what I want to like delve into a little bit more. Um, especially for my my listeners out there, there are a lot of resources that I've like I would kind of perused on the website. But talk to them about some of the resources that Still I Run has to offer to people, especially even if they're not runners per se, but if they want to at least kind of get an idea of what the organization is all about and what resources do you all have to offer.
1: Yeah, first and foremost, one of the biggest things we like to do with Still I Run is just provide a safe spot for people to talk about their mental health journeys through the lens of running, or if they don't run, if they're walkers, if they're hikers or bikers or yogis, whatever. Um, Still I Run likes to provide a safe space for people to talk about that. And we've got a a private Facebook group where people are posting you know, hourly about their runs or movement for mental health or asking each other for advice. Um, But then outside of that, we also got a couple of different programs. One of my favorite programs is the Starting Line Scholarship. Um, And that's where we help people overcome any barriers they may have when it comes to running for mental health. If you've been in the running community for a while, or you're not very familiar with the running community, you're like, ah, you know, this is pretty easy. I just need a pair of shoes and I need to go. But that's not necessarily the case. Like I went out in a pair of Walmart shoes the very first time around and they're not made for running. And I got injured. If you get injured doing something, what's the likelihood that you're going to want to go back to it. Right. Um, So um, with the Starting Line Scholarship, we, we get you uh, a proper pair of shoes. We get you proper clothing, so the moisture-wicking clothing. I went out in my very first run in a pair of cotton tube socks. Not a good combo. So we'll get you moisture-wicking socks. Um, but then on top of that, we provide you with a virtual certified coach who will work with you uh, on a training plan, and then we get you entry into your first 5K or 10K. Um, and it's it's a program for people who want to start running for mental health, and it's also a program for people who may have taken a break for whatever reason, um, you know, health reasons or m- maybe postpartum or whatever. Um, we will help you get back into the sport of running for mental health, um, and we really do try to provide everything a person needs to overcome any barriers, so for example, one of our um, most recent recipients from the last quarter, she had just mentioned in her application that one of the barriers to getting out and running was that she no longer had an adult jogging stroller. She always took her disabled adult son with her out on runs. Um, if she couldn't take him, she couldn't go on a run. And she had to return the stroller she was borrowing. And so. We looked in our budget, we're like, this is a barrier, we need to help her. And we ended up being able to purchase a stroller for her and her son. And she said it completely changed her life because she wasn't able to afford that before. Um, so we're very, very passionate about helping you overcome any barriers you may have. Um, and then we've got run chapters where we kind of just want to bring the the Still I Run virtual community to hometowns across the country. And, you know, when you think of a run chapter or a run group, you're like, oh my goodness, am I fast enough? Or this is intimidating, but our groups are low-key awesome. Like all paces welcome. We do runs and walks. Um, it's like a support group, but instead of meeting in a church basement, having coffee, you're going out for a run or a walk with a bunch of people and having granola bars afterwards. <laughs>
0: that's a, that's, that's great. And I think, I think organizations that are able to provide resources, like you just said, to their community, and it's just like, it's so, it's, like you said, it's life-changing. Like, I, the impact that we make, whether it's, I think it's sometimes it, people think it's big or small, it really could mean the world to someone. Like you said, that individual being able to run with her adult uh, the adult son, that's that's huge, especially if it's something that that's been instilled in their life for so long. And I think that kind of speaks to the, not only the message of Still I Run, but also just the community that you all have built up. And I think to that point, you, you said this is a whole, this is a countrywide, like a nationwide uh, nonprofit. Then how many, one, how many like members do you all have? How many run chapters do you all have? But then like, what's the community like in terms of different makeups and all walks of life?
1: Yeah, so um, the Still I Run community is made up if you look at like events that we've done and social media and mailing lists and people that have been impacted by our programs. Like in total, there's probably around 20,000 people Um, and it's, it's me doing Still I Run and then I've got a wonderful what I like to call army of core team members and volunteers that help me run all the programs. Like Still I Run is a primarily volunteer led organization which is just absolutely incredible and then we literally have runners and individuals from all walks of life and all paces like one of the biggest things we like to to say at still i run is um forward is a pace like we don't care if you're doing 17 minute miles we don't care if you're doing three minute miles i don't even know if that's humanly possible um (laughs) But like forward is a pace. We welcome absolutely everyone because running should be something that anyone can do, like if they're able to, you know. Um, and and we really pride ourselves on being a, as inclusive as possible with our community and where we're trying to go with things.
0: No, that that is awesome. I, I think. When I, look, when I first looked at just running in general, I knew, I, I thought, hey, like like you, it was like, oh, I'll get a pair of shoes and start running. And I think everything's going to be great. But then I learned through many hardships of 5Ks that my feet uh, need better shoes for running. But it's also good to know that these individuals are all over. It's very inclusive. Um, it doesn't, there's no necessarily like standard in terms of hitting uh, you had like you said hitting this mile, this mile pace, or being able to do. It. If you can, if you can walk, if you're able to run, it seems like such a welcoming community that anyone is anyone can just join and just feel like they could be a part of something that's a lot bigger than themselves and know that there's a there's people that's out there to support them.
1: Yeah, we like to, uh, at least on our core team and board, we like to joke that we're like the really nice corner of the internet <laughs> <laughs> because social media can be such an S show sometimes. Like, yep. it there's a lot of bad to it, but I feel like I'm thankful for social media because it helped, it helped Still I Run grow, um, but also we just try and remain this really positive happy little bunch of individuals that run for their mental health and invite everyone to join us
0: (laughs) you would be surprised at how like how much like social media world needs that because there as you talked about there's so many different influences out there and unfortunately a lot of the negative stuff gets highlighted way too much but when you're talking about keeping positivity for things such as mental health and really bringing that community above along I think that should be highlighted more than what we see on typical social media, and so I would say for you all, continue to have that happy little like niche that you all have, because it does, regardless of what people say on the internet. I think it does make a huge difference in terms of having impact, whether it's, whether it's happens very quickly or if it's like a slow gradual impact, it's still impact, and I think it's it makes this world a better place for all of us, especially. Combining combining things that we love into kind of a, a nice little nice little package that I think people can enjoy. One of the things I looked at earlier, and I was I was very interested for a couple of reasons. The logo. I I was very I, for me I was very fascinated by, the logo in terms of its its multiple meanings, and kind of how you are presenting it to people. Um, can you kind of go more into detail as to the like more of why the logo was is made the way that it is um because i I read it but i don't know if any of my listeners kind of know about it and just to see how it really does like incorporate so many good aspects that we need to obviously talk about in life
1: yeah yeah so the still i run logo um it it's so funny because the logo was never meant to be anything more than a personal tattoo for myself. Like I've got it on my wrist right here. Um, I got it, um, the day after I did a 20 mile training run wow. <laughs> for a, for a marathon, my very first marathon I was training for. And I was like, I want something on my wrist to remind me of like the struggles that I have overcome, um, as an individual, as a runner, Um, just on so many different levels. And so I I wanted to do a running related tattoo. And I've always been deeply affected by Maya Angelou's poem, Still I Rise, like overcoming adversity. And um, I absolutely believe, you know, she wrote that poem about discrimination in the Black community. And that is definitely um, not on par with like, discrimination in the black community has is absolutely awful and way worse than the discrimination that people with mental illness are challenged with. But I wanted to make it a personal message for me. Like still I rise, but even though I have a mental illness, still I run, like still I can get out of bed every single day and still I run. And so it it was supposed to be something personal for me um, so the, the I in Still I Run is a semicolon, and it's green for mental health awareness. And if you're not familiar with the, um, the semicolon project, um, it's, it's all about suicide awareness. So um, the semicolon is used when you don't want to end a sentence. So if you're writing a sentence, you can end the sentence with a period, or you can continue your story on with a semicolon. So that's kind of the whole meaning behind the semicolon project. And that's why I wanted to include it as like a focal point of still I run. And then you've got the green for mental health awareness. And then on top of that, like underneath the still I run phrase, you've got an arrow. And that arrow on my wrist is pointing outwards and forward. So when I'm running, I can look down at my wrist And I can remember, just keep going forward. Forward is a pace. But then there's also the added meaning. There's a lot of meaning in this logo, (laughs) apparently. The added meaning is um, with um, archery, with with an arrow. When you are taking that arrow in the bow and you're you're about to shoot it, that arrow sometimes has to go backwards before you release it and you're able to go towards your target. (laughs) So it's so interesting to me how this very personal tattoo of mine became, I guess, the mantra and logo for Still I Run, because one of the big things to launching this group and looking for other individuals was, what the heck do I name this? Like, depressed runners or runners for depression, like, not a very compelling name. And then I was like, well, my tattoo is a really good one. So it just, like, it was my own personal thing. And now I've released it to the world. (laughs) (laughs)
0: and kind of kind of piggybacking off of that have you had any individuals within your community kind of look at that and say maybe I tattooed that on myself kind of as a personal reminder to me as well because I want to make I'm on my my journey but I'm going to continue to go forward have you had many people reach out to you uh with that
1: yeah we've had a couple of people tattoo it on themselves which is so wild to me and then there's another logo that we have it's like two crossed arrows because I really love arrows and then in the top portions that says and and then there's a semicolon on the bottom and we've had a a couple people tattoo that on themselves so like both that design and the still i run logo really resonate with people on such a broader you know scale and they're like permanently putting it on their bodies which is so wild to me but i think speaks volumes about the work that we're trying to do
0: and i think it also helps too in terms of the impact that the work you're all doing when it comes from the person who has gone through their journey still going through their journey and it says, Hey, I've h- I've had all of these struggles in my own life, but here I am. And I'm still going on. I think when it comes to messages, especially when it comes, especially when it comes to this mental health space that we're in, it's, it's easy to go ahead and say, you can do this. You can, like, you can rise above it. But when you actually have someone that has gone through many different struggles in our own life, and they continue on and they are kind of that model of strength and perseverance, you are able to build a community like you do, like you have your organization. And then it just, it just grows even more. So I, from my perspective, I would say I thoroughly can appreciate everything that you are doing and kind of fostering that community and building up this, this wonderful aspect of mental health, talking about it along with the passion of yours of running. Um, and I kind of I think about my own, I think my own journey as well. I mean, exercise was not necessarily in my cards. I would say, uh, I'm I'm the youngest of four, not the most athletic. Well, at least at that time, most athletic. But then I thought, but I've had my own experiences. And then I, in 2016, I found exercise on on a different spectrum of using strength training, but also using that for mental health as well. And I think about some of the parallels. That your organization has a kind of one-on-one journey, is like it makes it makes sense, especially if it helps you. I think I was looking at something on social media. Let's go back to that. And some people, and I think I saw so well a post that said, uh, like, strength training or exercise is not like supposed. To, it's not for like your mental health therapy is, and I'm like, that's not the that's not the right message. I mean, mental like. Myth, like exercise i really truly believe assist in your mental health if you if you allow it to be if you allow it to it doesn't always have to be you go on a run it doesn't have to be you lift all the weights you could be doing things like yoga or things just moving your body that if it if it helps you just release endorphins it feel like you feel good like that's helping your mental health and so when i think like when I think about just some of the things that are out there and some of the avenues that people have, I'm like, exercise is a great portion of mental health. It, it really helps people. And yes, there's, we also have therapy, we also have all these other resources that are out there, but we can't discount the benefits of exercise if it's important to that individual.
1: Yeah, yeah. One thing that's been interesting for, for me at Still I Run is I was for a long time, obviously very focused on running for mental health. And then um, my mother in law, actually, she's like, I really want to support you guys, but I don't run. And she, she legit can't run. She had polio as a child. And as a result, um, had a, you know, a growth issue with one of her legs, and she's just not physically able to run. And she was like, Is it okay if I, I walk for still I run? And I don't, there was like that light bulb moment where I was like, I don't care what you do for mental health, like as long as it's movement. So like, still I run, still I walk, still I bike, still I lift, like the implications, there's so many. We could expand still I run into so many different sports of yes, I have a mental illness. I'm dealing with PTSD, depression, anxiety, but still I hike. Still, I run. Still, I lift. Like movement. Still, I move. <laughs> movement for mental health is so key.
0: <laughs> Agree. And I think it's so it's so paramount to anything that we do because it. I feel like this. If we are kind of staying still, like you said, we're not moving forward. And I think about all of the individuals that are in my life, and I almost positively feel the same way that I want to be able to do things with them, and so I have to keep doing the things that i love that i feel like will benefit me and my mental health so i can always be there for them as well
1: yeah it's it's like that um analogy about putting your oxygen mask on first when you're on the plane like if you do not take care of yourself first if you do not put your oxygen mask on first you can't be there to help other people so like yeah it may feel selfish to go for that lift session for that yoga for that run but it's so helpful for us to maintain who we are so we can continue to help other people.
0: Absolutely. I think at, it was uh, it was I, I think I watched a movie I think years ago. I was back in high school. I was watching um, Notorious and it was kind of like the life the, the kind of, I can't remember what the word is, but it's, they react like Notorious B.I.G.'s life and I remember a quote saying that we can't necessarily change the world until we change ourselves and and i think about that i'm like so if we change the way that we operate with our within ourselves and provide that influence on people we can have a positive impact on people that we interact with on a regular basis and the more that we do that and the more we show people the positive things that we're doing it will have a ripple effect it's just it just, it won't it won't unfortunately be as like quickly impactful as the negative things that we see out there but consistency goes a long way and it will at one point be the prevailing factor because it we we all want to have positive things happen in our lives it's just not always the negative
1: yeah and it's you know i don't know about you but like with my anxiety and depression i tend to get in my head i will focus on like that one itty bitty negative thing and ignore all the dang good that i've been doing
0: (laughs) yep that is me to a t
1: it's so frustrating and I have to like I have to have people remind me like Sasha that's just one little bad thing that happened and and it's funny I love Brene Brown I don't know if you've read any of her stuff she she inspired know. me to um start still I run through talking about vulnerability but she's like you can't be a jackass whisperer like you just can't appeal to everyone and make everyone happy <laughs> so I I try to remember that <laughs>
0: No, and I agree. I mean, that the message that we all send is not going to be for everyone, and that's I think that's okay. That's okay. But if we're coming from a place that has very good intent, we're trying to make sure we help people in the way that we feel is correct. It's only there's only so much that we can do, and we at the end of the day, we can feel good about. Hey, I'm trying to make an impact on the world and make this world a better place. If some people are not aligned with the message, that's okay. But the people but the people that feel like I'm providing some type of good influence and we're trying to do things that are helping people. That's all. And I I can appreciate that.
1: Yeah. I 100% agree. (laughs) And
0: I think it's very cool to talk to someone that, like you said, you're very open and vulnerable about your own, your own struggles, because like you said, I think if I remember correctly, you said, you deal with depression, you deal with anxiety, um, yourself. And I, and I like I said, I deal with the same thing. It, it, it took me a while to be clinically diagnosed, but I deal with the same thing. Um, for some of my listeners that outside of let's say running, because obviously we know that's a big outlet for you. What are some of the things that you do in order to kind of help with the depression, and anxiety that you, that you work with every day and to help make sure it doesn't necessarily paralyze you, but you're able to not necessarily overcome it, but you're able to manage it and then grow with it.
1: Yeah, I mean for me it has always been ever since I was hospitalized and learned more about my illness it's always been my my mental health toolkit. It is running. It is medication and it is therapy. And when one of those pieces falls away for whatever reason like if I don't run for a while, I forget to take my medication or I don't go to therapy for a while when one of those three pieces of my toolkit falls apart that's when things start to overwhelm me and that's when I start to get into those bad, deep valleys, as if you will. Um, and so I may, I make sure to maintain, to stay on top of all three of those. And then I also have my support group and I'm very fortunate to have this. I know not a lot of people have individuals in their life that support them. Um, like my husband supports me, but he understands, um, that if any of those three pieces of my toolkit falls away, like, you know, we're getting into a situation where Sasha needs some help. And so he's always there to encourage me or to remind me, you know, take your meds, have you scheduled your therapy? Like it's so great having that accountability partner and that support person.
0: I, I think that's amazing. I think I, I have that, I have the kind of those, not necessarily medication because I, I have my own journey with that, but in terms of like therapy, um, being able to have an outlet, and like you said, the accountability accountability partner, who like who's my wife. I mean, she's making sure that I'm staying on top of things and make sure that I'm okay, and vice versa. And I think that's very powerful because I don't think a lot of people understand that. Okay, if you have your outlet, and you have your med- a medication and therapy, they, it could be some of the things that help you manage these overwhelming life things that are happening with you, and I also think about. One of the tools, one of the tools in your toolkit that I feel it gets a negative rap, but it, I think it's very helpful. Medication. I I couldn't I couldn't tell you how many times, especially within my own journey, when I was on medication, um, how much I was personally discouraged from taking medication for for different reasons that I won't necessarily get into. But I found it to, for me, be a starting point. And when I say a starting point, it was more about okay, how can I lessen the, the effects of anxiety and depression on me and within that, how can I what how can I find tools within that to say what can help me down the road if I decide not to use medication And that and that was huge for me and I don't like a lot of people look at medication as saying, oh well, you've got to be taking your pills, you got to be doing this and that's just that's just how it is It's more than that and I think, people look at just medication medications kind of like this oh well they're going to be fine if once they take the medication it's 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 either or not everyone is the exact same and we shouldn't i don't think we should demonize medication if it's something that we find that helps individuals
1: yeah there i mean you know talking about mental health stigma the stigma around medication is man that is almost deadly sometimes because there are people out there that will not take medication even though they may need it um, just because they're afraid of what other people will think of them. And I don't blame them. I mean, I I hid my diagnosis of depression for a decade because I was so ashamed. Um, and there are people that feel that not just about the stigma, but about medication stigma. Um, but yeah, it's it's interesting, the whole medication deal, because for one person, it could be a, a very small milligram dosage of of something, or for another person, it can be super high because everybody's brains and bodies and how they react are completely different.
0: <laughs> a- agreed. I mean, I, I I still remember to this day the amount of per- prescription I was given, and I knew for me it helped me at a time where I needed it. So I I would hope, as especially as we continue on this journey of mental health and as we continue to talk about it, that Medication is a large part of the conversation, and that people are not overlooking and saying, "Oh, well, they they got to be just doing that." No, it's it's a tool to help people, and it's it, it's if it's and if it's necessary for the individual, we shouldn't necessarily demonize it. We should say, we shouldn't we shouldn't nec- I wouldn't necessarily use the word encourage, but support the individual while they're going through it, and just let them know that you're there. And like you said, have the accountability person to say, "Hey." are you all good? Are you uh, taking care of yourself? Are you, are you having medications? do it? How can I support you? That goes a long
1: way. It does. Just knowing someone will listen to you because I think on a deep level, we all want to be heard. And I, I think having someone hear you talk about, you know, medication or like wanting to listen to you is so instrumental in, in also a mental health journey.
0: Agreed. I, got, I do have a question for you just and this is a, I thought I just had come up in my brain because um, it took me a while as an individual and I think I've had some situations where when I've told my own journey I, it wasn't received in the most pleasant of lights, mostly because of probably how other people felt but I felt like I needed to tell my own journey and be vulnerable and open because I needed it for me. What what was that process like for you to kind of be able to say, hey, I'm at the point where I can be vulnerable, vulnerable about I'm dealing with depression, anxiety with the people that are in your life and in like that love you. And kind of what was their response to to you being so open about what you go through?
1: I've been lucky in that most people have received it quite well. And I don't know if that's because I'm what you would consider like high functioning in terms of depression and anxiety, or if I just have really magical people in my life that accept me for who I am. But I have had individuals where they have found out I'm on medication or have depression or anxiety, and they'll look at Past behaviors that I've had, and I will hear through the grapevine that they called me like a psycho or a crazy chick. And I'm that is so incredibly hurtful and stigmatizing. And I that is that is probably what has hurt me the most in terms of like sharing my story on a wide scale. But that's all just been, I guess you could say, the haters or the people that just don't understand. Um, people directly in my life, individuals I care about and am close to, they've all thankfully been super wonderful. And even with, um, you know, chatting with employers, I I work part time for um, a furniture company. And, you know, long before Still I Run got started, um, and even during starting Still I Run, I would openly talk about my mental health struggles with people that employed me, which was scary, because you're like, are they gonna hold this against me? And I guess I've just been lucky. I don't know, because it's never been held against me from people that care about me from people that don't like what I'm doing or, you know, whatever, (laughs) that's where the negative stuff comes in. And, and again, that goes back to our conversation. Like I can't focus on the little bit of people that are haters and are negative and have said terrible things about me and my mental health journey. I need to focus on all the good that it's done with me being vulnerable.
0: No, I th- and I think that's amazing that you've you've been fortunate enough that you've had individuals in your life that won't necessarily judge you for hey, I'm going through this stuff and just all right basically rejecting you. They've been there to support you every step of the way. I think it's even more important too because you're I mean, if you're let's say if you're working full time that you're going to a place that you can st- you can talk about these things and it like you said, it's not held against you. No one's looking at you differently. They're just saying, "Okay, we we appreciate we appreciate you being open with us because that means the, that means you trust us, and if we were going through something, we could trust you to have that same level of care, respect, and compassion that you that you, that we're able to give to you. You're able to give to us. It's just it's so it's so important. And like you said, it goes back to that that thing of we all kind of want we all want to be heard. And I think I'm gonna take I'll take that one I'll take that one step further. We all want to be heard. And also loved for the things that we're telling people. Like it's not like we're saying things that we want to scare individuals. We want to just like alienate ourselves. I think when we're we're opening up, opening up about our own journeys, we're saying, "Hey, we're letting you in." Like we want to embrace, embrace you all. Like, and this is like the one thing that I felt like was holding me back from being able to like fully embrace you all. And I'm tr- I am I want to be able to open a door that we're so, con- we're connected fully that I can tell you anything and I know you're there to help me. And then if something, if you were to have something go on, I will be there to help you as well.
1: Yeah, 100%. I think that, and you would probably really enjoy Brene Brown's book, Daring Greatly About Vulnerability. It talks a lot about this. Um, and it, I think, you know, being vulnerable is, Scary as all get out, but I think it, it opens up beautiful relationships and and beautiful organizations that that work to be vulnerable in in you know in their mental health journeys. Like what we're trying to do with Still I Run.
0: That's I'm gonna add, I'm gonna have to add that to my list of things I need list of books I need to read because i I've been trying to learn more about myself throughout this whole journey and a lot of it's been through a lot of self reflection, but also I think hearing more perspective from different walks of life it actually would i think would be very beneficial for me as well um i want to kind of i want to go i want to get get to more of a lighter note because we talk about we want to talk about run, we talk about running quite a bit i know running for me is the bane of my existence because shin, I, have, I have shin splints out the wazoo anytime i try to run Uh <laughs> um how many races have you run personally, um, whether it's 5Ks, 10Ks, half marathons, four marathons? Um, do you know the number off the top of your head at this point?
1: I know the number of marathons I've done because those hurt and you don't forget. <laughs> um, <laughs> I've done four marathons, um, half marathons. I might have done like 30 And then like countless five K's, 10 K's and other random distances. I, I have a lot of medals. I love racing, not just, you know, to get PRs or win. I never win. Um, but I love the challenge and I love the accountability. It gives me because I have a training plan. I have something to follow. Um, but then also race day it is, it is so electric. Like, you can just feel the buzz in the air. And I remember my very first 5K I did, it was um, at the Riverbank Run, which is um, a huge race in Grand Rapids, Michigan, where I'm at. And there's like 10,000 runners total between the different distances they have. So the 5K I did was massive. Um, And I just remember to this day, as we were going through an underpass, um the sound of everybody's feet hitting the pavement and running and like the heavy breathing and it just like it gives me goosebumps to to think about and i still think about that amazing first experience and like how i feel about races any race that i go to just the excitement of it all meeting other runners everybody's high-fiving people have signs it's just it's a lot of fun i absolutely love racing (laughs)
0: Uh, I think about I I, got, I think I told you before. I've I typically like to run. I, I when I run ran in the past. I've done a few 5Ks because I'm located here in Cincinnati, Ohio. And I think every year that I've I've ran, I think I've at least done two 5Ks every single year. Not very recently because of COVID, but there is a a minor league hockey team here that hosts a 5K every single year. so it's, it's in February. And then also we had this large event that's called the uh, the Heart Mini, and there, and there obviously it's run by the American Heart Association. Um, and I think every year I've tried to run run or if I'm if I'm injured because I remember one year I was particularly injured, walk a five k, um, and it's and that particular five k is for like I said it's for uh, heart health, which is very near and dear to me as well um, due to my own family history. And I think about like you said, you talk about like the amount of people running next to you. You hear, you can hear it even if you have earbuds or earphones in, and you just see people just like running and just enjoying it. Whether it's the, the that was called a professional runners, but the runners that you know have are doing this for a living, or you have like the weekend warrior, or you have families that are out there running, which it's it's amazing to see, and it's like for the amount of the amount of time that you're out there maybe it's like 20 minutes if you're fast uh or an hour if you're like me um it's just it's just it's just a beautiful thing to see all these different people coming out and just doing a race that they they love whether it's the love of running love of being around people and it's just it's such a very fun time
1: yeah and just that sense of accomplishment afterwards like a lot of the people that apply for the starting line scholarship um, are in other states. So I don't I can't travel to all their races and run with them. Um, but this recent round of recipients we had, two of them lived in the area. Um, they decided to do the same race. And when I reached out to the race director, he was so excited for us that he gave me and a couple other people in the still I run area in the Still I Run um, community and our two scholarship um, recipients free entries. So I got to run with our um, starting line scholarship recipients. And it was like, I almost started crying when they crossed the finish line because I was just so dang proud of them. And they were like seeing the joy and excitement on their faces of crossing the finish line. Like one of them had the goal of um, doing it before 53 minutes because it would have been a PR for her. And another one had a goal of at least placing in her age group because that was something she really wanted. And they both met their goals. And just seeing their excitement at the race, and everyone else like cheering them on, it was such a moment for me. <laughs>
0: that's that's uh, it's it's so it's so amazing because I mean, like you said, it's just you see those people that you get to interact with, and you get to see them hit their goals, regardless of what it is. It's like you said, it's like a sense of accomplishment that it's like it's it's hard to describe over a podcast, but I think, but I think you I think you understand exactly where I'm coming from from that.
1: Yeah, I I absolutely love it. And now those two runners, one is just applied to be an ambassador for Still I Run because we've got an ambassador program. And then another one, um she she's already done like two other races cuz she's absolutely hooked.
0: <laughs> wow. I mean, it's it, it's it's funny how a certain thing whether it's running, lifting, once you get the once you get the itch, you just got to keep going.
1: Yeah, and it's so great. I love I love introducing people to the sport of running for mental health and it's something that I really want to to do in my life is not only make a difference for everybody out there, but also should my kids inherit a mental illness from me? Because it's very hereditary in my family. Like, I want to make it a safe space for them to explore running and to explore their mental health journey. And and hopefully all this work that I'm putting in will make the world a little bit of a better place for them and then everybody they're growing up with. <laughs>
0: Got to, got to prepare the next generation for being able to, to navigate this world of mental health, and I would hope and pray that it's, a, it's a much more uh, easy, a much easier journey to navigate than what, than what we've got, than what we've gone through. But I think what you're doing and kind of what a lot of people are doing within the space, laying the groundwork, I think is going to at least help start that process along for a lot of different people. Uh, before we, before we kind of end this episode today. Uh, what I like to do typically is ask my guests because I've had a, a litany of guests be able to join me, and I'm very grateful for that. Kind of leave our our listeners kind of with like a message to them about their own mental health journeys and one of the things that has helped you like just continue on.
1: Yeah, I think maybe for me, and this is just me personally. I'm a very empathetic person. I think- I, I have cried on behalf of other people that are experiencing something powerful because I just feel so deeply for them. And I don't extend that same empathy to myself, which I want to encourage everyone to to give themselves some grace, to give themselves the same grace and empathy that they would extend to other people because you matter too. And that right there has that has helped me a lot in my personal mental health journey.
0: I... I could not have said that any better myself, especially especially with things things in my life, and I'm sure other people are going through things as well. But like you said, giving yourself grace is it's not a bad thing. It's it, it's 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 more than necessary, and I think all of us can benefit from us just saying let's take it let's for ourselves and just be kind to of ourselves within this process as well.
1: Yeah, because we're so kind to other people, but then like the negative self talk we 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 tell ourselves like we're so hard on ourselves and that's not good for our own mental health. So just that like constant reminder, I need to take it easy on myself too. <laughs>
0: Absolutely. Where can people find, uh, find you and find still I run.
1: Yeah, we are at still um, and then Facebook and Instagram, we are both just uh, Still I Run. I've looked into getting, you know, the TikTok and all that stuff. I sounded like a very old person just there. <laughs> um, I don't have time for that stuff. So Facebook and Instagram, the OG social media handle, that's where you can find us.
0: <laughs> awesome. And for anyone that's listening, I'll make sure I'll link that in the uh, the podcast description below as well. That way you can immediately click on any of the links and that way you'll be able to find Still I Run. and. All of the great things that they're doing there, Sasha. I want to thank you so much for taking the time out of your day to sit down with me, talk about mental health, talk about still I run, and just be a such a positive influence within this space. I think it's so it's needed, uh, it's very valued. I learned a lot from you, and it just it just feels very I feel very energetic about even my own life and the things that I'm doing, even if I'm not technically a runner. It just I felt. I feel the passion that you have for this and it means the absolute world
1: oh well thank you i i got a lot of energy from chatting with you which is why i love doing what doing this like i get to meet really amazing individuals such as yourself so thank you
0: thank you so much and so for everyone i enjoy you i, I thank you for listening to this episode of the podcast uh remember you can find us on spotify google podcast apple podcast and wherever you get your podcast platforms um, we're going to continue this journey of mental health together and we're going to continue to talk about these things because they're important you are important and we, we care about you so in the meantime i love you guys continue to take care and remember stay safe take care and we love you We'll see you soon thank you for tuning in to this episode of real talk the mental side of life it means the word that you took time out of your day to listen to some stories about mental health and people's journeys If you're interested in coming into the podcast for an episode, please email realtalkmsl at gmail.com. Again, that email is realtalkmsl at gmail.com. We would love to have you and to help break the stigma surrounding mental health one story at a time. As a final note, just want to say that I love you and appreciate you no matter who or where you are. You being here is amazing and we need your light to help keep this world bright. Stay safe and take care of yourself until the next episode of Real Talk.